0: This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast.
1: Fiala intercepts again, trying to find the handle on it. He does. He scores! What a play by
2: Fiala! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. i proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL. HL news, advanced stats, and much more. He
1: fights off an Anna's check, sends it back to Kulikov, cuts to the middle, hands to Beckman. He scores. Goes to work for the Wild. Centers
0: one. Ericksonek with a shot. He scores. Jewell Ericksonek. He's the hero. Pukhoi Kaprizov in for a team.
2: And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Bach. Hello, and welcome in to Sound the Foghorn. The 2021-2022 NHL season is upon us for 90% of you listening to the show. The puck drops on the Minnesota Wild regular season tonight at 9 o'clock in Anaheim against the Ducks. Brett Marshall here alongside Zeke Boyatt and Justin Baki to give you our full season preview. We're going to get through this as fast as we can, uh, but still uh, give all of our insights. So we'll see how along this mm-hmm. show ends up being but before we dive into all the topics that we have in our queue let's check in with my pals because it's been a couple weeks justin we'll start with you because uh something pretty exciting uh happened in your life since the last time uh we chatted
1: yeah, it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks. Uh, first off, Miko's starting hockey soon, but the biggest news is uh, we're closing on a house in about a week and a half. So uh, we'll have a new recording space. And uh, <laughs> beyond that, just pumped. I'm ready for tomorrow. I got my wild sweatshirt, t shirt, shorts, and socks on right now. So I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the show.
2: Are you going to sleep in that tonight, too? Just nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. <That's> <laughs> Absolutely. NZ, <moment. laughs> <laughs> Zeke, how's, how's it going, man?
0: uh it's going good i'm just uh you know just it's itch, itch season begun i mean like you said there's been three days now of i keep going okay it's the first game tonight and then i look and no it's not it's the next day so i'm just you know really looking forward to that first game tomorrow uh, last few weeks have been good i uh you know i've like 10 years behind the rest of the world but i finally started watching game of thrones this week uh big fan if anybody anyone that's familiar with that but uh yeah that's pretty much all i've been up to last week and like you said i'm just uh just just pumped to be here. Uh, really excited for the season to get going here uh, tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, it's been a, a a pretty crazy start to the NHL season too. Um, the Lightning are going to fall to zero and two with losses to Pittsburgh and Detroit, just like everyone predicted. Um, Buffalo is going to win their season opener against Montreal. Montreal They're up five to one. So wow. the league is Oof. is right right as you'd expect Oof. it. Just a parody in full force. If I was Montreal, I wouldn't even know what to think. Like, I, I saw the starting lineup for the Sabers mm. come out today. It's like, that's a NHL roster. Like, I think the <laughs> Iowa Wild could beat this team. Like, mm. it was like Casey Middlestad <laughs> and Tage Thompson were their top two centers, and mm. like, I think there was reports um, from the guy who covers the, the Sabres through Athletic that like Rasmus Dahlin was taking like rushes at forward. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. It's just a mess there in Buffalo, uh.
0: but. And the Coyotes are getting killed as expected.
2: Yeah, that's about the only thing that's going as expected so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, w- Anaheim did beat Winnipeg last night, so we'll see if the Wild better come out yeah. ready to go. Uh, Winnipeg did outshoot yeah. him, but uh, John Gibson seemed to be back to doing John Gibson things. But more on that later. Uh, Justin, the prospects are in full swing, and um, you know I-, I imagine you've got a pretty big update for us. So right, we'll, uh, we'll hand the floor over to you here to kind of give us an update on everything that's happening uh with all the Minnesota Wild prospects.
1: Yeah, I'll kind of keep it short and sweet as I can, but it's pretty hefty. Um I mean, we all kind of know how who's season season's going, Guskov started off hot, it's kind of cooled down considerably. Uh but uh you know, we we're excited about the big names like Beckman and Rossi and Boldy, but I mean, some of these other guys that we just drafted and guys that maybe are less heard of are having a heck of a start. Um, I'll kind of start in the NCAA where Sam Henches and Jack Pert both had a good weekend last weekend. Uh, each picked up uh, two assists each. Those were the first collegiate points for Jack Pert, who was part of our draft this past season. Um, Boston College, you know, we still have three prospects there, even though baldy has gone. We still got Marshall Warren, McBain, and uh, Nestorinko. Uh, McBain ended up having three assists, Nesterenko one assist, and then Marshall Warren had uh, one goal, two assists this past weekend and ended up being Hockey East Player of the Week. Pretty sweet for him. And then uh, for UConn, Vladislav first our our other Russian stud. Pretty fire start. Uh, three goals, first three games played. Just looking uh, looking quick and, and maybe one of those bottom line role guys that uh, we might forget about some people, but some a guy that you wanna pay attention to.
2: Yeah, he had a goal. I don't yeah. know, I don't know if it was one, two, or three where he just like burst down the right wing right by the defender on mm-hmm. like short side top shelf is is pretty yeah. sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he beat him with a speed. It was it was awesome. Um next the SHL, uh, Swedish hockey league. Uh Yesper he was season's beginning, we thought he was gonna end up being back up in the wild. We're kinda like, should we put him in a different league? What should we do with him? Uh he got He's been getting a lot of starts because the other goalie got hurt. He came back, didn't have very good starts. I think he started two games. But now Wallstead has started six games. In five of the six, he's allowed two goals or less. And he's won his last three starts. Um, I, I haven't done the numbers after today's game, but before today's game, he had a 1.84 goals against average and a 9.18 8, 9, save percentage. Love Looks cool, it. calm. Just really good for an 18-year-old in a, a pro pro league. What were you going to say, Brett?
2: No, I, s- I said we love that.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then uh, the WHL. Uh, uh, like I said, this is hefty. Uh, Carson Lambos, our first-round pick from this past draft, the other first-round pick other than Wallstead, Uh He had five points in four games played so far, looking like another possible first-round steal. Um, I mean, Absolutely. he was supposed to be a top-ten pick at one point, got hurt, and now he's blown up the WHL so far this year damon hunt two goals three games played uh he actually scored i believe it was his third goal last night so had a couple point game i think he's up to four points in four games so another strong start he's
2: got a rocket with a player of a that shot. Had go.
1: yeah oh yeah his his goal last night was a a wrist shot from the point just mm-hmm. i mean his slap shot's a rocket but it was a heck of a wrist shot and then a couple guys for uh Camloops, the Billet Brothers, Josh Pillar, Caden Bankier.
2: Ooh, they had a night hell, last of, a hell night. of a
1: night last night. <laughs> yeah, no? Bankier had a five-point night last night. Ended up he getting a hat it. trick and two assists. He's up to seven games, uh, seven points in four games. Five goals, two assists. He had uh two nights ago the game-winning goal, and then last night Josh Pillar, our other Camloops Blazers player, uh, one goal, two assists, but he also has seven points. Four games played, he scored the game-winning goal last night. So, I mean, yeah. really, really good start for a lot of these guys.
2: Yeah, and if if I recall, I think um, Scott Wheeler did a preview for kind of like the CHL. I think Kamloops are kind of the favorite in the dub to be one of the top teams, um, and mm. obviously led by those two wild prospects. That's that's pretty sweet. They'll be they'll be fun mm. to watch this year for sure. Yeah.
1: For sure. And just some other names just to get them out there. They haven't really done much. I haven't been able to see them. So I don't know how their games are just, you know, Kyle Masters for uh, I believe it's Red Deer of the WHL. And then Nate Benoit for Tri-City of the USHL has started. I haven't been able to catch either of those guys' play, so I don't know how their game is, but, uh, and of course we got the Johansons. They really haven't done much, but just kind of getting their names out there so people can hear them.
2: Sure. Well, pretty beefy, and there's some rookies that we'll talk about in training camp. So I think that's where we'll go next. We'll talk about training camp um, and kind of transition to that into the regular season. So that was it for you, right, Justin, <laughs> before we move on? Yeah, that was it. Okay, perfect. Uh, so let's start with, I think, one of the most awesome developments from training camp, um, and that's Jewel Eriksson-Eck on the first line between Matt Zuccarello and Krill Kaprizov. I mean, this is something our podcast has been clamoring for since our inception um, that mm-hmm. the analytics people in, in, on Wild Twitter have been clamoring for, I don't know, for me, it's probably been two and a half, three years, years to get this guy into a top six role because his game just works. And, you know, we, we discussed this last year that we, we were just confident that even if Jewel Eric Ek changes lines, the way he plays the game isn't going to change. And from at least what we've seen in preseason, that's been absolutely the case. He's been awesome. He's great in front of the net, he's strong on the forecheck. check. And I think Matt Zagrell and Coco are going to love having. A skilled center between them on the first line. Your guys' thoughts on just kind of the what what we've seen out of the the new Minnesota Wild first line?
0: Well, I remember you know on the on the X thing. I remember the the people's argument against that for the longest time was you know he's not as highly skilled as those two guys. And while that you know may be true to an extent, it's it's kind of hard to be as skilled as those two. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, but and I think uh, I think uh, I think it was Russo LePant on their podcast put it in a great way that you know. Ek is obviously the guy who, as soon as he enters the zone, usually he just plants himself right in front of the net. And while, in a way, you can see that the positive there is is it complements the, the, the two skill guys in the line is that you know maybe he does a little bit more of the dirty work and gets the pucks out to those guys and and, and is always in front of the net and can complement them well. And I just I think the underrated part of his game, obviously too, is his uh, is his shot, which we have seen in his Absolutely. career before. He can he does have a pretty nice uh, can snap off a nice a good wrist shot every once in a while. And we obviously saw that more often last year. So I don't know. I just think, uh, I think like he like said, put it was about time that they put uh, their, their best center on their best line. And, uh, and, and, you know, obviously hopefully it, it, so far in the preseason games, while well, those are preseason games, it worked out. And, you know, if that works out, that works out well uh, here this year. That would be great. And and especially with maybe some of the guys coming at that position in the pipeline, if he can really take that offensive step, that'll really, you know, ease kind of, I guess the load on the entire rest of the team there.
2: For sure. Justin, anything to add?
1: No, I mean, like you said, you took the words right out of my mouth. We've been clamoring for this and Mm -hmm. trying to speak it into existence. And it happened. Uh, I don't know if you guys read the article that Russo just put out about uh, kind of the Garen article it was it, haven't it was cut one night
2: nope
1: but yeah. they talked about Echenite a little bit and you know his defensive game we all know is up there the Selkie with like the O'Reillys and the bergerons Seems and he had that breakout 19 goal season last year but you know he's got the offensive skill but he just needs to get the maybe the confidence on the offensive side of the puck and mm-hmm. We've been wanting him to do 1C, and who better to give him offensive confidence than playing with someone like Zuccarello and uh, Kaprizov.
2: Yeah, and Matt Zuccarello is the other player I want to talk about from this line because he absolutely lit training camp on fire. Um, seven assists in just three games played. Um, him and Kaprizov <laughs> looked like they were picking up right where they left off. I went to the first home game, which is the first of, of the preseason uh, where Zuccarello and Kaprizov were kind of united for the first time you know, since last season. First period, I was like, they look a little bit off. And then the second period came, I was like, oh, no, there they are again. And they're just threading passes to each other. They, they connect on this beautiful give and go uh, for the Kaprizov goal. And I would tell you, this rink was about half full and that crowd erupted when Kaprizov scored. So when he puts in his first in front of the team of 18,000, the roof is going to blow off that place. I'm hoping it's opening night because uh, I will be there, but uh, fingers crossed for that. But, yeah, Matt Zuccarello, I mean, uh, you know, the the first year he came in with an injury, you had the pandemic last year. I think he's just had a full offseason to prepare, get in on time. He looks like he's roaring, ready to go. We obviously know we have him, Kaprizov. You throw back in that mix, and I think – uh, I think Garen alluded to this too, but just having a line that, you know, they may be able to throw out against top lines too, freeing mm-hmm. up, you know, maybe the Fialas of the world and, and maybe even that fourth line to, you know, punching goals. It's, it's really exciting to have what, what to me feels like a true first line for the first time, probably since, you know, the wild, we kind of in the prime years of guys like Koivu and yeah. Parisi and stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. totally. So let's move on to the next bit. Um, Jordan Greenway. Um after his first preseason game, Dean Evison was not happy. Um he was on a line, I believe it was Rossi Bully Greenway, I want to say, or maybe it was yeah, Rossi that's Beckman right. Greenway. It's one right. of those one of those combinations. Evan not happy with him. Came back, looked a little bit better in the preseason, um, but kind of a slow start for him, and he's you know, we'll talk talk about him a little more in a segment later, but um this is a big year for Greenway. Um if he wants to find a way to stay on this team. Um, I don't know if it happens either way. Um, but just kind of what do you guys make of Jordan Greenway's camp? And just, you know, we're kind of seeing some of the same old things where just maybe the hustle and the heart isn't isn't always there, which is a little bit of a concern.
1: I mean, personally for me, I, I think by this point, I mean, maybe he's just a player that starts slow, but for me it's kind of concerning because we've been, reminds me almost like Charlie Coyle when he's here, when you want him to do more, you want him to use his body more and be more physical and play the style you know he can play, but maybe he doesn't, I don't know if it was confidence or whatever, but, it reminds me that I, I just feel like he's not going to last year past last last year past this year.
0: Yeah. And I think, I, I think you make a good point is I think like Charlie Coyle, maybe he just doesn't have that, you know, that uh, I guess, aggressive side into him. Like, you know, I, I don't know whether that's attitude or just personality wise, maybe he just doesn't. But I mean, like, like you said, Justin, we saw especially that goal in Vegas game five last year, where he plowed through the offensive mm-hmm. zone and, got three rebounds and scored you know you wish you know he can do that because i mean like everyone i see in the comments pointing out he led the team in assists well you know like as he pointed out he had one goal in like the last 30 games and it's like if you can do that you should score more than six goals over a full season and i don't know i think he was better uh, in the last few preseason games like i don't think he was loafing around out there yep and at least like they mm-hmm. said at least he seemed like he recognized that in his priest in his you know in his uh in his interviews that he, you know, the consistent needs to become better for him. But I mean, I don't know. I think, I think like a lot of people have said on wild Twitter, uh, you know, over the last year now that he might be a guy that maybe you're not selling high, but that you try to, you know, maybe sell on while there's still some wonder there from another team that might, you know, see the potential there in the guy at at 24, 25 years old. So uh, yeah, obviously, like you said, a huge, huge year for him, regardless of whether he's here on another team.
2: Yeah, we'll talk more about him and some other potential players that you know could be on on the shopping uh, on the shopping market on the trade block here uh, in a little bit. But let's talk next about you know we the Wild made a lot of free agent pickups in the off season, signed some guys off waivers. We got to see them kind of in the in, in preseason for the first time. So let's talk a little bit about kind of our our first impressions of of these different players. We've kind of moved down the line, um, but before we get to that, just quick to hit on Ryan Hartman's looked great. I'm um, on that on that you know that de facto replacement mm. with with Foligno and Greenway, so um, I think that was always a concern if they split up that line. Is who's going to take that spot? I think Hartman's looked looked really solid there. Um, but but as I was mentioning this, th- those first impressions. So let's start with the center that is sh- seemingly being forced into the Fiala line. That's Freddie Um who and tweeted <sighs> this out when I was watching him in person. I've just been really underwhelmed.
0: You know I mean. You know, I from watching my TV, it doesn't seem like the guy has really hands. Like he, you know, the few times he had the puck in the offensive zone, he was bobbling it, couldn't hold on. And you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he's a fine player, but I, I keep reading in a lot of their quotes and all that. They say, "Oh, we wanted a veteran guy there." It's like he's 28 and played 110 NHL games. I don't know how you consider that a, you know, he's in a way he's played a similar amount of games to Nico Sturm and is a year or two older. So I don't. If you consider, uh, like, I just. Yeah, I don't – I just don't see the skill. I mean, obviously, it's preseason. They signed him to a two-year deal, so obviously we have to give him a chance. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's an NHL player, obviously, I think. But, yeah, I don't I, – I just – if he's got no hands, I don't see how he can fit on that line. Like, even if he was just okay offensively from what we've seen, it would be fine, better. But it just doesn't seem like he has anything in there.
1: I, I didn't get to catch a lot of the preseason. I was – I had some things going on, like the house hunting and stuff, but Mm -hmm. uh, when I did watch, I I mean, I didn't really notice him a whole lot. And I mean, I would watch for him, and he didn't really impress me, but I I think with some of these guys, it might take a little few games into the season to get, uh, you know, some chemistry going maybe. You know, Mm -hmm. got a few guys that are on a new team, kind of got to feel each other out. I mean, we played, what, four preseason games, was it? Four or five. I can't remember. Four or five, but. I mean, I think we'll truly see some of these guys. Like, you see, I don't mean to bring other guys up, but, like, Ben, like, have a bad preseason from what I saw on Twitter. And maybe <laughs> it's just going to take a little bit into the season to see what these guys can do once they're comfortable with each other and play with each other a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Zeke, you hit on a lot of the points that I was kind of thinking of. Just, like, it just – he seemed to fumble pucks and just, like, like – spe- yeah. like you see him on the power play. It's like these guys are making great passes to him. looks like he's surprised and there's, you know – You'd fan on shots or, you know, a pass would come at his stick and deflect away, and, you know, it's just odd to me, like, oh, like, you know, we, we can't move up Nico Sturm, who put up, what was it, like 11 it, goals last year in 56 it, games, like averaging less than 10 minutes a night, but, oh, no, Freddie Goodrow's a solution, Zeke, as you mentioned, this guy's got five goals in the regular season in 103 games, just 13 assists, like, like, what? Like it? How can you just like? I, I like the, the logic of oh we can't move Nico Sturm there, and like when he's clearly like a, a in my mind from what I've seen he's clearly a better player. But um, I I think you know it, it it wouldn't surprise me if if that kind of center on the third line is a little bit of a rotating door with you know it, it could be a Nick maybe it's a Nick Bugstead, maybe it's a Nico Sturm, maybe it's Victor Rask. Um, <laughs> you know it, it wouldn't maybe it's a Marco Rossi at, at some point, but. Yeah, I just I've I've been really unimpressed, and I'm I'm really hoping that maybe it's just a chemistry thing, it's a system thing, and I'm willing to be patient with you know th- these new guys and let them kind of kind of fit in. Um, Justin, let's go to the guy you mentioned next, Jordy Ben. As you said, it was a it's a pretty rollercoaster of a preseason. looked really good at times, and then uh, that game against St. Louis when. Uh, Capo and gave up three goals on five shots like the first five minutes of the game. Um, ben was a part of a lot of those goals and just looked out of position. Hanging Kalen Addison out to dry, just he did not look good to me. And I think he got played himself basically, I think, out of the number six role. And I think that will likely go to Merrill, I, I would assume.
1: Yeah, I'd, I wasn't able to catch that game, so I can't really speak on that. But maybe there's a reason why he was used as a seventh defenseman elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Huh. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I
0: originally, you know, I think it was surprising when we heard that they kind of seemed to pencil him as the sixth guy because, yeah. you know, he's the last guy. He's the guy signed a month after everything else is done, and he thought, right. oh, he's going to be the, the the number seven guy. And, and, you know, like you said, too, with all these guys, you obviously want to give them time. But uh, it's, uh, it's yeah, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't encouraging, uh, I guess. I, nothing else to say really on that.
2: Yeah, and let's go to the other two who, who we kind of mentioned they will be in that last pairing. Dmitry Kulikov, John Merrill. Um, Kulakoff I thought, you know, look, looked about what I would expect for number five defenseman. He he showed, you know, sound sound defense, nothing crazy. Um, got some looks on the power play as well in the preseason, mm-hmm. thought he looked good there. Obviously it's not always gonna play in the season, but a little more offense than kinda what I expected. But I mean he looks like he'll be a competent uh number five to me and a guy that I'm excited about. And Merrill just seems like hey, he's yeah, he's an NHL defenseman. Like not yeah. <laughs> nothing flashy, but uh yeah, so that's kind of like I don't know. That's kind of my impressions. Those two guys, like eh, they're fine. Like well, they don't they don't blow you away, but look at the job done. I'll yeah.
0: say uh, I say I, I, you know I think uh obviously the the main Kulikov play was the nice pass he made on the Beckman's OT winner obviously, but which he's not going to be mm-hmm. out in three on three overtime unless something really crazy happens. But uh, uh, but no, I think you know out of all those guys, the new guys that they signed, aside from Goligoski, I think he was. You know, maybe the the guy that was the best, obviously, like you mentioned, uh, you know, he's kind of rugged, older, uh, you know, like, he's, like you said, he's not an offensive guy, obviously, but he did show a little bit more ability and, you know, bail out the pass and move the puck than maybe you might expect just looking at his pure raw totals. But, you know, I think he is uh, the one guy that I mean, maybe he's obviously not going to be good necessarily as uh, the as Ian Cole and Carson Susie last year, which is going to be you know kind of difficult. But I think out of those guys, he think he has the best chance to try to replicate and be a dependable guy down there for sure yeah, i don't
1: got much to add i was going to say that uh he did look like the best of the guys that we've mentioned but same brave brain wavelength with uh, zeke <laughs> on that <laughs>
2: yeah, and then the last guy zeke you touched him a little bit was alex golagoski um i'll start with my my thoughts here I think, especially in kind of that first preseason game that I watched in person, looked at times that him and Spurgeon were a little bit out of sync, but I think this comes, you know, when when you play with a guy, I think he was with Chicker and had, I think it was three or four years in Arizona, they were a pair, so I think just acclimating to how the other plays and getting to learn that, but I think he looks like a guy that will fit in pretty nicely alongside Spurgeon, I think, once they just develop that chemistry, learn each other's games a little bit. Um, he's a guy, I feel, and from the start, I felt this way, but I think he'll be a very competent replacement for for Ryan Suter, who I think it's just, he's on the backside of what was a very strong career.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, to be honest, I didn't really, uh, maybe I just wasn't looking for him, I mean, aside from the the one goal he scored against Chicago, I didn't, I don't know if this is good or bad, I guess I didn't really notice him too much, I mean, obviously we know he's kind of more of a, he's supposed to be the Suter replacement, but he's a little bit more offensive, mm-hmm. you know, 37 obviously, so he's old, but... Yeah, I think you know there wasn't anything for me noticeably bad, at least. So I guess I just, uh, just another guy, just wait and see how he does. Uh, you know, when the games actually matter.
1: Yeah, not much to add. I agree with you, Brett. I think once he's got that chemistry asperage, and we'll we'll see who, uh, who he truly is here, and and mm-hmm. he'll be a fine replacement for the time being. Absolutely. So let's move next
2: to probably the biggest storyline from training camp, and that was the rookies. Uh, It was, you know, for for a while there, we thought it maybe be two rookies that would make the team between uh, Boldy, Beckman, Duheim, and then it never seemed like Rossi was really in that mix. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the fans kind of threw him in that mix. Um, and they brought in Rem Pitlick um, off waivers from Nashville, um, who kind of takes one of those spots. Uh, We can talk about him in a bit too. We'll start with Mm -hmm. the rookies here. Um, Adam Beckman and Brandon Duheim, just awesome camps. Uh, Both bring a little bit different skill sets to the table. Duheim, to me, I think him on a line with Sturms is going to be great. They're two guys that I think, you know, they're they're mobile. They're, you know, they're not flashy with shooting the puck, but they're going to go north-south quick. They're going to hit in the corner. They're going to forecheck. I- I'm ecstatic for him to make this team. Then where I watched him, I just, well, I, like, this guy's going to make the team as the fourth line left wing. Like, it, he just, he fits so perfect there, and I was really happy for him. But a lot of fans were upset that Adam Beckman <laughs> uh, did not make the team. And I'm still yeah. hearing a lot of uh, fans that are upset about it. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. First off, just, Justin, we'll go to you as, the, as a resident prospect guy. How did you, did you feel Beckman got a short end of the stick, or how do you feel about, you know, Duhayn making the team over Beckman? And, you know, obviously Boldy would have been in that mix too, but he has
1: the, the injury. Um,
2: kind of where you at with all that.
1: Uh, I mean, of course I wanted to make the team because so he had a fine preseason. Uh yeah. Keep in mind, he was playing against maybe not the full lineups of teams. So, hmm. I mean, I don't want to take away from what he did, but I think another year of being down in the AHL would be good for some of these guys. Like, mean, of course, it, rightfully so, we're excited about these guys. We want to see them in the pros. Who doesn't? I mean, hmm. this is probably the most this is the most exciting prospect pool that I can remember, and maybe in our whole history. But I agree you got to remember these guys are 20, 21 years old. And what do we want them playing uh fourth line minutes yeah. or do we want them playing first line minutes and power play one minutes down in Iowa and continuing to get big minutes instead of like say nine to 12 minutes a night on the fourth line and maybe not getting power play time? Like mm-hmm. The future is coming. These guys are absolutely going to get their chance and we're going to need them. But I mean, I'm fine with Duhai making the team. He's, Put in his time in Iowa he had a heck of a you know back end of the season last year he's put in the work this summer he looked great in preseason and he's going to fit in on that fourth line with Sturm
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and uh, a little fun fact that I don't know if people know but Sturm and Duheim played together at Tri-City so mm, there you go maybe some chemistry there absolutely yeah so I don't know I think you know I think
0: on Duheim too I know i uh, Nothing about his numbers suggests, you know, maybe more than a fourth liner, but I know Russo has been on saying saying that the team thinks he could be more than that and saying that maybe he's a guy that his skill set, it sounds kind of weird when I heard it, but maybe fits better in the NHL, obviously with that speed we saw, especially. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, like like Justin said, it's definitely interesting to see uh, when he makes his debut, probably tomorrow, what he looks like. And uh, as Brett mentioned, I th- the biggest complaints from fans was obviously that, you know, from before this all started, they were going, oh, if, if they play well, if you play well, you'll make the team. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying, you, you know, you're being hypocrites and, and all sorts of and stuff and sending the wrong message. And it's like, well, I guess you can take that. Obviously, you know, you're not going to be happy when you don't make the team. But, I mean, the, you know, like like you guys said, they're forgetting that uh, Duheim was a prospect too, and he earned his way on the team as they said they would. And, and honestly, I think – you know i was listening to Roos' podcast and he was saying that from what e- way haberson and other guys on the team were talking about beckman that they wanted him on the team that they would have loved him on there but that was probably more of a you know a front office gm decision that's just that's their uh, philosophy i guess so i don't know i think from everything that we've heard I, it seems like beckman like if fial if it's looking like the guys on his line are not working that maybe he's a guy they call up if he's playing well in the next month or so to start the year so i think people just need to remember that You know, the opening night lineup is not the whole year lineup in that if somebody gets hurt or someone's like if one of those guys is scoring 40 points in the first 25 games or something down there, then they'll get called up. So uh, it's not it's not the end of the world uh, either way. I think uh, I mean, Justin explained the best. It's it's just, uh, you know, that people just it's just being a little patient. Uh, It's about the not necessarily about this year for for this team. And it's more about the next, you know, five years or so.
2: Yep. Absolutely. And and a couple of things I wanna hit on. You guys hit a lot of a lot of great points. Justin, I wanna go back to something you called out as, you know, the these mm-hmm. games weren't against NHL lineups, right? And, and and it's great to see guys like Beckman, like Rossi, like Addison, these guys play well against this, you know, yeah. AHL ish competition because mm-hmm. that means, you know, they're a step above that, which which should get you excited. And the other thing I really wanna call out is that, you know, I saw a lot of kind of hate on, on Matt Bulley. Oh, he's not scoring that offense. But um, and it's something I really picked up, kind of watching it in person at that preseason game. Is you know, and it goes back to you know where analytics come in handy. But it's just like mm-hmm. watching his you know guys play away from the puck and how they're playing on defense. I watched you know maybe it's not great that you know there was rushes going the other way and bullies on the ice. But I watched every time Bulley's in the back check, he was the first forward back in the zone. He's finding a trailer, yeah. and then he was calling out to his teammates, "Hey, you pick up that guy. Watch this guy go going that." You could tell he's king with his teammates. I think stuff like that's just as important as you know, not just you know, obviously scoring goals mm-hmm. is great, but stuff like that's also important. Not to say guys like Beckman and them weren't doing that, but you know, it's a lot easier to say, "Oh, Beckman was amazing in preseason because he put up all these points." It's like, well, what's he doing away from the puck and stuff too? So, mm-hmm. it, it's more than just what goes on on the stat sheet. Is kind of kind of the point I guess I'm making there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great problem to have when you feel like there yeah. is four other it's guys that can nice. make the team. It, to me, it's, you know, if you got injuries, you, you feel confident you have guys that can fill. You know, Victor Rask is still an NHL player um rem (laughs) pitlake is a guy that's flashed at all levels and just really hasn't got his has licks in nhl yet so like to have this much depth i mean that is the wild strength and it will continue to be this year especially up front which is not a spot you know the wild have had that luxury before especially with goal scores we've had a lot of this you know third line depth in the past but i think it's really cool to have um a lot of this depth and the final thing and we'll we'll, uh, mold greenway back in but I was just kind of thinking this in, in my car today. I was listening to a Russo podcast and just we're talking about Jordan Greenway and just it just seems like to me his days are numbered here. I think Brandon Duheim could fit in really well alongside Ryan Hartman and Marcus Foligno on that left yeah. wing. I think you know he I think he's six like one ninety eight, like he's not a small player. Plays mm-hmm. with speed, plays in the four check. I don't think he has any less offensive ability than Greenway does. He might even have a little bit more, and he likes to play that that grinder, that you know that, that grinder style. And yeah. you know, we we talked Zeke. You mentioned earlier. We've you know the coaches talk about him as a guy they see as more than a fourth liner. So, um, I, I think he could be a guy that could potentially be Greenway's replacement. And I think I think Greenway is going to be going to be shot by Garen starting day one. I, unless he's lighting the world on fire and and that line is really clicking and he's been a big part of it. I wouldn't even be shocked if he's gone by the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, I think I said it before, like maybe a month ago. I I, I don't know. I said it somewhere on Twitter, but I think Greenway's gone before the end of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's too much coming. I mean, I, I just don't see it. As much as I I want him to do well, I, I just I don't mm-hmm. I don't see him lasting. Well, I mean, even if he is good, they
0: you know they wouldn't be able to probably afford him that anyways. So. At that point, because there's probably other priorities on your team, then.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, like you mentioned, I was like, "Sorry to interrupt you." No, I, go ahead. I, I love the. Uh, I didn't think of it, but duheim absolutely makes sense there, because you know you saw how gritty he can be in, in these yeah. games, and and he absolutely matches with those two players. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think you look on top of that too. Like even if Greenway does have a good season, Zeke, like you mentioned, can they afford to repay him? And then you look at, okay, what can they have to fill? Well, they get their choice of three left wings between Beckman, yeah. Bully, or Duheim. Like, they don't, and he's kind of the odd man out, you know. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the Wild made the Jason Zucker trade, they needed to, to clear some <laughs> spots for guys like Fiala, make sure Zuckerell's in the top six. Like, it, it's part of the game. Like, eventually there comes a point where, hey, we have, you know, this guy equal to your level that's going to cost us $3 million less, or we have mm-hmm. this guy that might fill your role a little bit better. So, I, I, I think that it's we, we, for the wilds sake I want him to play well this year and be good because I think you'll get more for him he's a six foot six winger he's got RFA eligibility like that's an attractive trade piece um I think especially to a playoff team that maybe wants to add some size and some some grit mm-hmm. as they say to you know their, their <laughs> groups for the playoffs as well so mm-hmm. we'll see I think he'll be a really interesting storyline uh, throughout the year um I think that more or less wraps up preseason any other uh or training camp preseason whatever you want to call it any other uh points you guys really uh really want to hit on or or should we just continue chugging along here i think i'm good yeah let's keep going next up i had line combinations i feel like we've kind of hit on that already um Mm -hmm. so let's go next to uh to the division um we won't preview all the divisions because there's so many of those um maybe do some some predictions toward the end of the show but Let's talk about the Central. Um, I think it's pretty consensus. Colorado should win this division. Um, Although if Gabriel Landeskog keeps throwing cheap shots and getting suspended (laughs) and Nathan McKinnon sits on the COVID list, maybe it's a different story. But uh, Darcy Kemper looked sharp last night in in their win over Chicago. Um, They seem like the consensus kind of, favorite to win I think their odds are just insane um, yeah. in the sports books and then uh, I think Arizona as we mentioned at the top of the show already losing pretty poorly and uh, yeah but but I mean that's what they're going for they they, they sold the farm brought in some bad contracts mm-hmm. I give their GM credit they made they had a really good off season in terms of you know acquiring assets to get these bad contracts and using their cap space to their advantage but kind of in between there it, it's kind of wide open so let's start with our hometown Minnesota Wild where do you guys think this team finishes in the Central Division?
1: Ooh, I mean, I really think any of the teams between two through five, St. Louis, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, I think it can be a really interchangeable. But I, I think we can honestly be better than a couple. Of, I'm going to go third. I think we can be third in the division. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I guess, hmm, I don't know. It's kind of complicated because, you know, again, it's been over two, like two years since we've seen any other team play another team. So, yeah. And I don't know. Even, I guess sure. the last couple of years, you know, they've talked about how these are like transition years, I guess. So, my expectations just, it's not that I'm not hopeful, but I guess they're a little bit lower. So, I, I'll, I'll go a spot lower, go fourth uh, in the division. I, I just, I guess, you know, thinking, I think Winnipeg's better too. And I'm assuming, you know, I, I maybe Dallas improves, you know, because they were in the cup final a year and a half ago. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, I, I don't, St. Louis is, is mad to me and I think, uh, Chicago is better, but I also think they were, you know, a little overrated, but yeah, no, I think, I think fourth in that first wild card spot or, or right around there and third is probably what they end up.
2: I'm a little more bullish. I think the wild of the second best team in this division, um, mm-hmm. I think you look at their, I mean, their, their four group is as deep as, I mean, as much as people won't admit it, like people don't realize how deep the wild forwards yeah. are. I mean, to have a fourth mm-hmm. line of, of Bukestead, Sturm, Duhain, that's probably a, a, a solid third line. on most other teams in the league in the wild mm-hmm. have that luxury as their fourth line. They, they have guys they can kind of play up and down the lineup. As we talked about top of the show, they've got mm-hmm. a bonafide top line. Finally, um, Kevin Fiala is going to be a man on a mission this year. Um, Cam Talbot, if he can be as he was last year, I mean, really, the only concern for me that I'm really a little bit worried about is one kind of the third pair. Um, just, just what do we get out of of Kulikov and either you know, is, is it Jamie or Jordy Ben? Is it John Merrill? <laughs> is it Kalen Addison? Maybe yeah. at some point, like, just yeah. what does that look like? I think one thing that I'm really watching for is you know, we saw the uh, the, the Cole Susie pair. I think most nights getting about 15 minutes a night, nice time. I highly doubt. Um, the third yeah. pair is, is getting north of 12 this year. I think we'll see a mm. lot more out of the top four this year, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, those are all guys that can handle those minutes. But that's really only concern for me. And then I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Giles Farrell um, had a tweet about, you know, asking what, what's your biggest concern for the Wild this year. And I, I my answer was, and it kind of builds off that, was an injury to a top four defenseman. Because uh, yeah. I, I just don't think, you know, a, mm-hmm. a Kulikov, Merrill, or Ben's a, a plug and play into that top four Kaylen Addison, I think, still has a lot of kinks to work out in the game defensively. Um, so, you know, does he feel in that role admirably or not? H- hard to say this during the season. So, I think as long as they can stay relatively healthy, especially on the blue line, I think I think they can be, you know, a, for sure a top three team in this division. But I think without a doubt, I think uh, the takeaway here is we're all believe they're for sure a playoff team.
0: Um, yeah, unless, yeah, like like you said, I mean, you know, the defense. We remember how they looked in Vegas in Game Seven when they were out outburting. So, yeah. Uh, you don't want to imagine a full 60 something games. And I think the only other thing for me that's maybe a little bit concerning is I know their goaltending was solid last year, but, you know, Camp Talbot is 34. So, he, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's just going to fall off a cliff, but I think, you know, sometimes when guys' goals get to the age, so there's some of them will, you know, maybe just kind of flip either good or bad uh, just out of nowhere. So I guess that's a little bit uncertain. Uh, and maybe you'd hope that capital uh, captain can just continue to grow obviously so that just don't start him against st louis and we'll be fine yeah don't yeah don't (laughs) don't make him sit in there for nine goals all night and just get slaughtered but yeah no i i I agree i think uh uh yeah no it's it's definitely a playoff team and i i don't know for whatever reason i even though their center depth is not horrible for some reason i always go how is the team with freddie goudreau and victor ask in the top nine at center and last year as the top center gonna gonna win and they they keep doing it every year so i guess i need to stop doubting that but it, <laughs> i don't know i'm just for what i
2: mean but yeah no i agree with you guys yeah uh so after that i think it's really wide open zeke so you, you mentioned dallas winnipeg as maybe your other your two mm-hmm. in front of the wild I, I would concur i think winnipeg is right there for me at three four yeah. i struggle with um i think it could be st louis um, their blue line's kinda meh, but their forward group looks pretty solid to me. I think if they stay healthy they'll be all right. I'm not as bullish on Dallas. I don't know, I just feel like that team continues to get older. They're dealing with a slew of injuries and they seem to be hurt all the time. Sagan's, you know, basically coming off a year and not playing hockey. So, you know, is he the same? Radulov's another year older, Ben's another year older, so John Klingberg's struggle last two years. I'm just not very bullish on them. I think they finish fifth probably. Um and then I think Nashville, I think, is yeah. Nationals headed for for a rebuild, even though they just re-signed, was it uh, R- Ekholm, to like a six-year extension. I don't know what the frick David Poyle's doing down there, but hey, it works mm. for us. Um, yeah. GMs can keep giving old defensemen bad yeah. contracts. Looking at you, Stan Bowman, uh, Seth Jones had a great debut <laughs> yeah, last right. night. If you didn't <laughs> see, I believe his expected goals last night was something like 10%. Hey,
0: uh, remember he cool. hustled, he hustled back, though, to stop the empty net goal. I like can't remember who on Twitter pointed uh, out that. For all the haters, he, you know, he stopped an empty knuckle. Night, <laughs> Congratulations
2: so. for his good play made all night. And then uh, that would, yeah. So Nashville seven, and then uh, Arizona eight. Justin, any? So how, how do you feel kind of about the rest of the muck, um, kind of there in the
1: middle? Yeah, it's hard for me to say, but obviously Colorado one. I mean, I had Saint Louis two, Minnesota three, Winnipeg four, Dallas five, Chicago, Nashville, Arizona. All fighting for the bottom. I think Arizona ultimately takes the bottom, but the muck is, and it's hard to unmuck the muck. But that's kind of where where I I sit at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No. I think.
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the the Chicago hate in me, but I was you know reading all the stuff about how they're going to be the top three team in the conference before the year was, you know, it was you know. It kind of making me go, no, 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 we, we don't, you know, for, number one, we don't, they don't deserve to be good again for a while, they had their fun five years ago, just, just, just go suck for a while, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, because again, the Taves and Kane are still good, but I mean, Taves hasn't played for a year, we saw last night in that game, I mean, you know, Flurry I think is still good, but I mean, you saw how many, chances they give up even with their supposed improved yep. defense it's the glove looked gun. a little
2: slow it wasn't uh he wasn't there a yeah. windmill saves last night that's for sure
0: no he wasn't and uh, it yeah no it's it, it it's a tight division like people are i don't know if it's the best division hockey but maybe it's uh like you guys said in that uh, that mushy middle which kind of the Wilder they're used to being in uh it's a lot of close and uh I mean, you know, it's 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 not going to be easy for them. I don't think the Wild are a lock for the playoffs. Like, I'm not – you know, I could see a scenario where they somehow slip out. But, I, again, like you guys said, uh, they – I don't know. It's nothing else to add. I don't know why I keep going on and on.
2: But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: okay. and I mean, I was part of Felsko's article a while back, and I had us as a fringe playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I thought we ultimately make it. But, I mean, kind of looking at these other teams, I mean, I'm not really impressed by – most of them thinking they're that much better than us. Yeah. The more I think about no it, no one really scares you at all. So, aside I, from
2: hope, I, I think the takeaway here is it just shows how important those divisional games are going to be this year. Yeah. Um, be- beating those teams, your division, and, and hoping that you know the other teams are losing and when you need them to. Yeah. So, it should make for a fun year when you have six teams that are all kind of rate right in the mix. Um, should make all the games a lot of fun. Um, well, because- we won't go through. Each of the other divisions, but let's just go. You know, uh, maybe three teams that you like. Uh, four, four, if you want to go two from each conference, however you want to do it. But just four te- Let's let's go four teams, two from each conference that you like as potential legitimate uh, cup contenders. Uh, if one of you is ready, you, you feel free. Otherwise, I can start if you guys uh, need a minute to think. You can you can start. All right, so I'll go. I'll start in the East. I really, I think Tampa's still the odds-on favorite. I'm not there with them. I think we saw the holes kind of in that open night of how much they're going to miss that that Coleman-Gord. Um, I think, and then barkley Goudreau, I believe, is the other member of that line. How much they're going to miss that that shutdown line. Um, I think Florida's a really sneaky option this year for the playoffs. I think if they stay healthy, they just continue to get better and better. I think if a can be average and Spencer Knight takes that next step, uh, I like mm. their chances there. I'm um, team will go with the Islanders. You know they've been in the conference final the last two years. You know lost lost to Tampa both times. Um, everyone counts them out every year, but <laughs> every year they're still good. And I am never ever going to bet against Barry Trotz and his system. So hmm. and it'd be cool for Zach Parise to to get that opportunity again um, yeah. as well. And then out west, I think it's pretty obvious that the two obvious picks there are uh, Vegas and, and Colorado. Um, so Ooh. I think those would be as much yeah. as it, as much as it sucks. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've come to hate like Vegas pretty much just as much as I hate Chicago. I don't mind Colorado. I know people don't like that, but Landis God aside, he got, you know, he's suspended now. So we're all, every, everything's yeah. good with Colorado for me time being. So th- those would be my four. I think the East are a little more bold probably than some people. Um, but I'm ready to be different. Cause Toronto and Tampa yeah. is, I, and also like I, no team ever three peats. Like it just hmm. doesn't happen. And I don't think it's happened since the eighties Oilers. So, uh, when you guys are ready you can feel free to go next
0: well I don't know I think I think it's kind of hard because I feel like in the east to me there's not one that just you know jumps out right away sure like with Colorado that uh, seems like more of them are close together I mean you know like you said you you mentioned Florida I think they're obviously a good team with you know just how good they look last year but you know I just uh, I guess I'm a little Little wary of Bobrovsky at ten million a net as maybe a backup slash one B. So I get and a rookie in net as good as he might be. I guess so. That's a little uncertainty for me. But for me in the East, I think it's the Islanders. Uh, obviously, like like you said, Brett, everyone kind of kept down in them the last two years because you you watch them sometimes and not exactly obviously the most exciting team. But they have won games. Their goaltending is solid. Uh, you know they have depth throughout the lineup. They can play that that kind of rough playoff style game. Which like with Montreal last year didn't have a great regular season, but there's kind of those teams who maybe aren't great they're playing that hockey, but you just know that they'll thrive in the playoffs playing that style. And then in the West, I mean, I think, you, you know, you said it with Colorado. They're just, even without McKinnon last night, just watch them, you know, how they're pinning Chicago in their own zone, just moving the puck around. Like they're so fast at everything in the game. And I mean, obviously we saw that when they killed the wild those two times last year in Denver yep. on that weekend where, you know, they, they couldn't get the puck I mean, for basically all the game and, you know, obviously, we could we saw that with Vegas last year is pretty much been the only team that can shut them down. So, but I just think, uh, like a lot of people have said, that pe- some people are going to keep picking Colorado to win until they do, and I think at this point, that's probably a, a fair bet.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Tampa. For I mean, basically, four years of picking Tampa, and then they finally yeah. won back to back. So I think Colorado's headed yep. in that same direction. Mm-hmm. Justin,
1: honestly, I, I feel like I'm copying you, but you know, obviously, Colorado, Vegas out of the West. Out of the east, the first team that popped in my head was the Islanders just because they've mm-hmm. been there two years in a row. They've ran into mm-hmm. the lightning. I mean they've added Pre C and, and they got another year of, of the guys they traded for um Palmary. Drawn Brain Part. What's that? Palmary, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Another guy a year with those guys getting chemistry and playing together. So I, I think I like the Islanders there and then you know, Florida does come to mind. I I don't mean to take your picks. No, too, you're but good. Like like <laughs> those are the teams that I think of it outside of the uh, Tampa. Is like I, I think Boston. They have good players, but uh, I think some of these other teams are younger and and you know maybe take that next step.
0: And Toronto's Toronto.
1: Yep. And not that yeah, not that the Islanders are young, but they've been there, and I feel like maybe they may break through. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And uh F- Florida becomes a bold pick too. I think they're I don't think they've won a playoff series, I think since nineteen ninety six. So like post expansion yeah. area, they haven't won a series, so I I'm, I'm, since the B's are I-, I think they break the trend this year. They buck the trend and also I'm just just thinking like it an Islanders Avalanche series would be fascinating from, from a stylistically play. would have kind of the run and gun transition mm-hmm. offense of mm-hmm of the avalanche against just the suffocating shutdown defense of Barry Trotz's style could be make for a really interesting series. See what kind of prevails there. Yeah. All right. So we got that out of the way. Let's continue uh, chugging along here. A couple more things to get to. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about here is Dean Evason. Um, Last year of his contract, no extension in place as of now. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just like from your guys' gut feeling – do you think that Dean Evison will slash should um, get an extension?
1: Um, after reading, I don't want to give it away too much, but we'll, we'll just say I think it's going to happen. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I think I think you're probably right. I don't know if it'll be very long, maybe another probably two years. I guess, I don't know. I guess, my only de- I guess again, it maybe depends on how the season starts. Like if they start out the first half and they're, you know, outside of a playoff spot and underperforming, then, you know, like always in NHL, you know, the coach could kind of get the blame for that. And it's, for me, there's still kind of a wonder if he's like a stopgap maybe for tell, you know, cause he was there before too. Uh, Garen came in Tell he wants to go get his guy. But no, I think it seems like, you know, they work well together. It seems like they kind of have uh, similar goals and they seem to like each other. So I know, I think, you know, I guess, again, we'll see. I guess this year is his first full 82 game season. We'll probably just see how they perform. And, you know, maybe that'll determine whether he's what he deserves, I guess, in terms of an extension. But I, I think, I, I think Justin's right. I think they'll give it to him in part for that stability. So we're not, you know, you don't want that uh, oh, that whole cloud hanging over you all season again. Yeah.
2: yeah I'll, I'll kind of
1: add. I know no I point. only said, sorry to Brett. No, I'm you're so good. Sorry. But I, I talked plenty. I, I didn't really <laughs> go into mine. I just said, I think he will. I, I just think he's. Even though we've had some roster spot moves, we like scratching our head, like get this person off this line, get to <laughs> move this person around. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's done well with what he's been given at this point, and maybe see what he can do with uh, some better, you know, players in the roster at some point here.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I think what he's done with what he's been given so far has been really good. I don't think anyone expected the Wild to be a team that was on pace for 100-some points last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the projections last year, and it was like, okay, Vegas, Colorado, clear 1-2, and then it was kind of like Minnesota, St. Louis, like 3-4, and it ended up being, yeah. you know, Minnesota, Vegas, Colorado is kind of the top three, and then kind of St. Louis, kind of this distant fourth. Um, and, and I think a, a big chunk of that goes to Neveson for just kind of, you know, the system he put together. We We've seen this Wild team, you know, they're not as much you know they're not as conservative defensively mm-hmm. he's letting you know guys like Fiala and Kaprizov kind of open up things offensively we've seen this team attack on transition much more than they have in the past and, and I really like all that because I really think I've said this in this podcast a bunch of times I really think this is becoming a game where you have to be a good skating team you have to be able to play in transition and I think Everson understands that and that's how he's coaching these guys and I'm really excited so yeah Zeke I think a, a two to th- you know a two or three year extension make a lot of sense kind of carry him through this buyout situation see where they're at if he continues to build this team well um what do you bring in a fresh face for you know and and, and go all in maybe a Barry trots becomes available or, or something like that but um yeah so uh moving on from that so we're all in agreement there we think dean evison gets extended um do you guys think it's done before the end of the season or after the season
1: i think it'll be before the end of the season i don't think they're in a hurry to do it quite yet i mean they don't have to be right. but uh I mean, you don't want to hang over your head, but at the same time, mm-hmm. if, if they're in agreement that they want each other and that it'll get done and just focus on the season, then uh, at some point it will when it's right. For sure. Great.
2: All right. I'm with you guys there before the season. All right. um, right. We'll go one more segment here before we take a little, a little pause um, on our end. Um, let's talk about we, – we talked a little bit about, you know, Boldy Beckman, Addison, Rossi, all those guys – do you think any of those guys get what I'm going to call is kind of a fair shot? So I'm going to call a fair shot basically more than kind of that that 10 game sample. Do you, do you yeah. see one of these you know guys that didn't make the roster out of camp, um, you know, kind of really you know getting in that call up and the Wild basically saying ah, we, we, there's no way we can send this guy back down.
1: Uh, this is going to be kind of vague, but I think it's really going to depend on uh, some of these guys' performance. I think it's going to depend on injuries. Mm-hmm. I think they want these guys getting big minutes in Iowa, even though, you know, we want some of them up here now. I think the big, if they're going to get big minutes, I think they'll get the chance up here.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, for me, I think obviously since Boldy's hurt, he's obviously going to start down there anyways now. I mean, you know, like we talked about with Beckman, he had the, the great performance in camp and seemed, they all seemed to like him in the room and as a guy. So I think if there's a call up for the role on that third line with Fiala, I think he's maybe potentially the first guy to get that call. Uh, possibly here in the first few months, but I also think, like you guys kind of mentioned earlier, with third defensive pair, if you know one of those guys is really struggling and Addison's having a good season, I think you know he could instead of going out outside of the organization to find someone, I think you know he might, you know, he probably I think honestly might have the best chance to play the most games in the NHL this year, just uh, just because of the position that they play. But yeah, no, I, I think uh, I guess I, like Justin said, I think yeah, that's a really good point with injuries and also obviously performance of some of the fringe guys in the NHL, uh, whether they think they need it or not. But, you know, like you said, I think it's fine. I know there's controversy about Rossi and them, you know, holding him out because of the contract thing. And some people saying that's maybe unfair, but, you know, at the same time, like others have said, would you rather, you know, if he plays this year and he's great, would you rather be able to keep one or two of them or keep all three of them in three or four years? So I, you know, again, I think he'll probably definitely play if he plays well in the NHL this year, but no, I think, I I think the most of them will, will all play at least a game or two. I would say.
2: Yeah, I I think for me, what it really comes down to, I think if I had to pick a guy that I think gets a good look, um, I I would say it's Beckman. For me, it still would have been Boldy prior to the injury, but mm-hmm. it's just hard, you know, even with yeah. an ankle injury, you know, how, how long does it take him to kind of find that form again? Also, you're going to have you know the the recovery period, the surgery if he goes that route. Then you're going to want that conditioning stint, get back in the swing of things, and. So I, I think Beckman would be the guy I would look towards as the guy that could really get that fair chance. And I think it could happen quick. I mean, if, if we see that third line, that, that Fiala, Goudreau slash, you know, and then the Ras slash Pitlick mm-hmm. line, if that really starts to sputter um, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, Hey, you know, we, we got to get Kevin some help. This isn't working. Um, yeah. if, if Beckman slots into that line, it, it obviously creates a problem up front because then you're going to have to have 14 forwards in the roster um, you know, so does that mean you? You know, d- does that mean you know Rem Pitlick gets put on waivers? Is is you know? Do you try to? Is that what forces maybe you know a, a Jordan Greenway trade or do you do you put Victor Rask on waivers? Do you roll with six defensemen and you know maybe you put Jamie Ben away? So what what whatever that ends up being, I think that that's what complicates it a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, and personally, from what I've seen in camp, I just I'm not I'm not sold on that line figuring it out and you know unlocking Kevin Fiala, he's too skilled to play with those guys. But I, I do want to see what Pitlick can bring to that line because I think, um, you know, he has a history of producing offense and, you know, being put with a guy like Fiala, maybe that's the spark that he and this Goudreau just has to, you know, kind of be what Rask was to, to Zuccarello and Caprizov <laughs> and just, you know, be a guy that just, you know, is there. Um, okay. Anything else to add uh, there? Oh, uh huh yeah
0: no i mean aside from you know on, on the pit look thing just real quick i think you know obviously there were people there were some kind of you know wonders why are they taking him and blocking another young player and it's well i think a point from there is you know he's going to be the kind of player they need to find the next few years who is you know the cheap they can get for free that you know hey maybe there's some untapped upside and ends up being a really good player for you at a decent price but you know like brett just said if he's not good they can just send him down through waivers and down to minors like it's not it's pretty low risk, so.
2: All right, moving on here. Next up, um, you know, last year the Wild did not have you know too many players that were going to become free agents. Both of you know they had a couple restricted free agents, but not a lot on the UFA side. This year it's going to be a little bit different. Um, quite a few pending free agents um, this off season. Let's start with the restricted free agents. The Wild will have four of them. Um, You know, notably Kevin Fiala, who was just given kind of a one-year bridge deal. And then we'll have his last year of uh, RFA. Rem Pitlick, as we talked about a little bit already. Jordan Greenway, who I think we can kind of gloss over. I think we've covered him enough. And then Kakinen as well. Um, So let's start with Fiala, because I think, aside from Greenway, he's the other really big question mark for what does the future look like for Kevin Fiala?
0: It's, I don't know, it's tough. Because, you know, I think most of the fan base, you know, we just, I mean, obviously the year before Kaprizov came here, it was a, kind of a similar thing where, you know, he was the, he was the guy, he, the, all the buzz was around him, you know, after that trade uh, that they made uh, to get him for, for Grandland in to Nashville, uh, you know, his finally rebounding that first full year and being really good and also having a really solid performance this year, showing his speed and goal scoring ability. I think, you know, myself included, uh, you know, you just look at a guy who was pretty, seems like money in the bank for 25, 30 goals every year, Yeah, aside from maybe his other, I guess, warts in this game. But, I mean, obviously, as we've discussed here before, the, the team maybe doesn't seem to be as big of a fan as him. And, I mean, like like we all know, uh, Dean Everson coached him in Milwaukee and he was a kid. He obviously drives him nuts as a player. So, I don't know. I think I think we've, us, we've talked about it in our group chat before. We I don't know how you guys think now, but I, I as much as I want to, you know, would love to keep him, uh, as long as the money work, it just, like you said before, it just seems like he's a guy that has a decent likelihood of, you know, either at the end of the season or after this one, he's going to be the, I guess the first like trade chip, I suppose, to, you know, get something else like a, a top six center or just the guy that they really don't feel like committing to long-term.
1: I mean, I keep having conflicting thoughts in my head about Fiala. Like, you see him yeah. put up these 30-goal seasons with crap line mates, and yeah. you kind of wonder what he can do with if some of these young, talented kids that are coming up, and you want him to be part of this team in the future, and you want him to kind of grow his game to where the team wants him to. But then you think, oh, what if he wants way too much money? And, I mean, I think ultimately we can find that money and find a way to make it work. But, <sighs> I mean, I like I said, my mind is split. I want them here and part of the future, but I kind of lost my train of thought there, but that's kind of where I said, I think ultimately they, they do. And if they do trade them, I think it's going to be for that, that center that we're looking for. I can see that happening too.
2: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Justin, I'm kind of I'm really conflicted because I think all it's really did come down to what that price point looks like mm-hmm. for the next contract. Um, because we've talked about, I mean, there's a lot of guys coming up through the system that are going to need spots, um, and I think you look at it now, it's like, okay, so do do we need to bring in a center? You know, because if if Marco Rossi is ready next year, if Jewel Erickson X shows out, Matt, who's a Dinoffs KHL contracts up after this year, you have mm-hmm. Nico Sturm. Yeah. like you have guys that can play down the middle. And if you go out and you acquire this top six center, you just put Eck on an eight year extension. If Rossi's legit, mm-hmm. you're not letting him go for a while. Bringing in a top six center, one, it's probably going to cost you contract wise, dollar wise, probably pretty similar to what Fiala is going to cost you, I'd assume. Yeah. Especially looking sure. at kind of what the market is out there. I mean, Zibanejad's off the market, basically. Uh, Jack Eichel's out of the picture. Alexander Barkov just signed an extension in Florida. He's out of the picture. The only one really left is Hurdle, and I don't, you know, see him and Fiala you know, commanding two different of, of dollar values on their next contract. So, and then I look at the systems like, yeah, we have a lot of really good left wingers. We don't have a lot of right wingers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Felino is, you know, he's not a scoring right winger. You have Zuccarello, obviously, but then it's Fiala. So I, I don't know. I'm really conflicted because I just I feel like the need is, you know, maybe slightly mm-hmm. shifting to, maybe it's not as much down the middle as kind of we we feel it is i think you know we just it, it, there's so much hinging on this year for you know what what does Eck look like what does does susan Dinoff continue to light up the khl that you know does rossi look like he's a legit top 6 center that we all think he is so it, it, it'll be weird i'm it's going to be fascinating what happens with him I, if yeah. if i had to bet either way justin i'm with you i don't know what what i think it'd be I, I, yeah. i'm dumbfounded
0: well You know, I think you mentioned obviously it comes under his contract. And I think, you know, obviously we all know he's can be a bit of an emotional guy and obviously, you know, seems kind of irritated with how, you know, he perceived he's been treated kind of in a way and with his contract negotiations. And I think, you know, he saw Presov get the nine million after the the one season. And I think if he scores 30, 35 goals and he said, well, he got nine million after a year, I'm at least eight. You know, I don't think, I don't think, and, you know, I don't know i think i'm with you guys it's it's back and forth there's probably i would you know if he does score 30 35 goals this year and supposedly like they've been talking about is a little more improved defensively and killing penalties and all that you know i might just bite the bullet and and try to sign him but you know again if he because you know how many guys in the wild's history especially the last 10 years you know have you known for sure could score could score goals like that. I mean, there's probably you can count them on one hand, so yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just kind of weird that we're kind of in this spot with him after a year ago, you know, before Caprice have came in, he was he was the guy, you know, he was going to be you know, going to be the center of the team for a long time, and it, it's 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 just kind of it's just funny how quickly that changed,
2: yeah, and I- As of now, you know, not able to fill a full roster. They have 15.38 million in cap space Mm -hmm. next season, but that's not including Kakanen, basically not including three spots on your blue line. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have, as we mentioned, Greenway, Pitlick, um, Bukestad, Stern, both restricted free agents. So Mm -hmm. there's spots to fill. So if you can fill those, I think with those, Entry-level contracts, maybe you can get Fiala, a you know maybe it's a three or four-year deal, right? But mm. I, I think if I had to lean, as much as it seems like it's sensical to trade him because his value is probably gonna be high, I wouldn't be surprised if you know he kind of steps up, proves his worth, and they they come to a term, you know, maybe it's a three-year, seven million dollar deal or something along those lines. Like, um, yeah, I think isn't that? I think that's similar. I think did Elias Pedersen is getting something pretty similar to that. Things like like that, yeah, seven and a half, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe it ends up being something like that, but we'll see. So that'll be an interesting storyline. I I gotta imagine he'd want a long term deal, though. It's possible, but it's just you know I think you hear the way he's talked about. I think there's a lot of belief in the NHL community. From my understanding, is that it's you know Mm -hmm. you can't win with a Kevin Fiala. So someone willing to commit long term, you know, that's a contender per se too. So like I said, it'll be really interesting. Mm -hmm. That's one of my you know stories I'm really Mm -hmm. watching this year. Um, I don't right. think we got to hit too much on Pitlick. Um, I, I, you oh. know if he is resigned, not a big deal. Kakanen is the no one we can have next here. Um, we already hit on Greenway. I mean, obviously, I think they don't really have a choice. They're gonna <laughs> resign this guy. But, um, I think it's just more of what does that next contract look like? For me, I think it. You know, it's just maybe something in the two three year range, couple million bucks, maybe. Um, yeah, just kind of given what, what we've seen out of him so far.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of I agree with that. Uh, I think ultimately they resign him. We're gonna have Talbot for one more year at least, uh, after this year, unless we resign him too longer. Uh, I think we're kind of just waiting to see, personally, how Wallsted does because he's already looking good in the SHL. You know, he's only eighteen, and goalies develop weird. But uh, I think Kackman's a guy that you gotta. I mean. Maybe he's like a backup or something here. Yeah, he, he's like your one like, B stopgap. Like, is yeah. kind of how I'm viewing yeah. him. I, I think we'll have some stopgaps till Wallstead's here, mm-hmm. and he'll be part of that. And... Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I think
0: you guys are right on with him. I mean, you know, I think he's a little better than obviously, like you guys mentioned against than he was against St. Louis last year. But uh, he's just watching him and even reading what all the the prospect writers and the scouts have said about him, you know, it just doesn't seem. You see, you know, I think he he can play in the NHL, obviously, but you know, from, I've just never been like all that impressed. Like, there's never like a dynamic trait like you see, and you know, obviously some of the other prospects there. Right. But and so, true. I mean, I think he's, you know, he, if he has a good year, maybe he costs an extra five hundred thousand bucks this year. Like, I don't, I don't, like you said, I don't think there's. There's no scenario unless Talbot gets hurt and he goes on like a Jordan Bennington-type run or a Dubnik-type run where he wins 30 out of 40 games. Right. That's the that's the only scenario where he's worth more than a couple million bucks. So.
2: Yep. All right, let's move on to the UFAs. We won't go through them one by one because um, I think there might be some consensus here. But the pending UFAs are Victor Rask, uh, Nick Bugstead, Nico Sturm, Alex Galagoski, Jordy Ben, and John Merrill. Um, I think... If I had to guess, I would say probably two, maybe three of those guys maybe get extensions, um, and I, I would it sounds like all all signs point to Golagoski being extended um, at, a, at a decent cap hit. And then mm-hmm. just, you know, bias purposes, but I think also from a team standpoint, I think it'd be really smart to extend Nico Sturm as well. I think those yeah. other guys are, are rather expendable. I think you can fill them with some of those guys that you have in Iowa.
0: And if will, first of all if somebody uh i think it was on wild reddit they uh spelt victor ask, but with the i and the c they put one c yep. in his name so i thought that I've was that those was are pretty on, fu- <laughs> those, are, those are pretty funny but uh yeah no i think for some reason though that i mean i think they'll resign him but for some reason they don't seem they seem to have something against him. almost like they say oh we need you to improve your hands and all this and and I don't know. That's we have talked about it that before. That's it's it's kind of weird. Maybe it's just because he has only played like 60 NHL games. Right. So I don't know if he has a good full year. But I mean, you know, he scored 11 goals in 50 games last year. You know, I think it's conceivably scores 15 something goals this year, especially if he gets a little bit more opportunity. So, uh, but but you know, yeah, no, I think that, that's the guy. And then obviously we've heard that Golikovsky from Russo that if he has if everything goes well that he'll probably get like a two year two-ish million-something extension midseason if everything goes well, so.
1: Yeah, I don't got much to add. I think Rask, Ben and Merrill will be gone. I I think, of course, Golgoth will be back. I want Stern to be back, and, I mean, Bukestad is expendable, but, I mean, I can also see him bringing him back for another one-year deal or something if they needed to.
2: Yeah, I, I wonder, like, said's kind of what I wonder about. I wonder if he, you know, maybe becomes your new depth, you know, your 13th forward, your locker room guy yeah. that you get, yeah. you know, for around a million bucks. Um, you know, it takes that hometown discount again. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. though. I, I don't think Merrill, and you know, unless one of them, you know, if Marilyn Ben proved really good, yeah. but at, at, at some yeah. point, Kalen Addison's got to come up and play. So I, I would mm-hmm, think yeah. that would be next year, and he would he would finally fit into that top six. Whether that, you know, maybe him and Galagoski swap spots or something. You know, I don't know. They they reconfigure right. yep. things. But all right, almost to the end of this. Stick with us here. Uh, we're gonna get to some <laughs> listener questions here. Let me just pull them up. We got a lot. Um, so I don't think we'll get to all of them, but we can m- maybe bookmark some for next week um, if they're still relevant at that time. So let me flip over here and pull up some of these questions. Let's start with some of the, uh, did I write any of these down? Of course I didn't. Um, so to the Twitter we go. All right. So but, but, This is what must, it must feel like to be Russo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Scroll through 500 of them. I'm gonna try to go to the guys that got to us first here. All right, that's too far back.
0: Oh, Tampa tied that game in Detroit, by the way. Six <laughs> six. Course. It's so. six six six. <laughs> yep. Holy <moly. laughs> my goodness. <laughs>
2: did Vasilevsky start that game?
0: Yeah, he did. They scored. He scored three goals in the last six that? minutes. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> and they just won in overtime. So.
2: <laughs> of course they did. Detroit going kind to of Detroit. Uh we have Will Green Bay be traded. We kind of hit on that. Um the roster will need to look different. Who's going to get traded? We kind of hit on that. Uh how many games will Ras play this season? Hopefully like less than 30. Um yeah. <laughs> how do you guys feel the defense will be different? I think we kind of hit on that with, you know, kind of mm-hmm. talking about how the the top 4 will probably see more ice time. Mm-hmm. We actually hit on a lot of these. Uh, what prospects can you see playing NHL games here? We kind of hit on that. When will Rasp be gone? Greenway traded. Down that. <laughs> we, we did a good job hitting all these as we went here. Yeah, we uh, did. All right, here, here's a good one. Uh, this one is from uh, at just the radio guy, Zeke Furman. Zeke, you got a fellow Zeke here. Um, he asked, well, how many All-Stars do you think the Wild should have at the break? How many will they have?
0: Well, I think you can have – can you have – the max is like two or three yeah if you get you get so and i mean obviously you know there's obviously there's the one that's caprice obviously if he's he's gonna basically be a shoe in and then you'd have to have somebody else like a defenseman beat out you know they're not going to beat out a car or somebody else so I, i i think one is a good
1: bet i'm gonna go with two uh, it might be pushing my luck, but I think Fiala and then Kaprizov could be all-stars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course you want to see a guy like Dumba or Spurgeon, but uh, like you said, I don't think they'll beat out some of these def- other defensemen that are in the West.
2: Yeah. We'll see. I, I think Kaprizov is for sure. Like, I mean, every team I think is guaranteed one. I want, yeah. At yeah. least. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, We have, you know, we have eight teams now too. So that further limits it before it was just the seven teams. Um, yeah, I, I could see there being two, you know, is it, you know, it may, maybe it's a fiala, maybe it's an, you know, maybe it's Eck if he really fits, you know. Zuccarello, yeah. as I mentioned top of the show looks really good in, mm-hmm. in 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 preseason. Um so if you know him and Kaprizov continue to light it up, he could be an option. Um you know, maybe Jared Spurgeon finally gets some recognition, you know, if, if Dumba starts to, you know, score at, you know, his 30 goal pace again. So there's some opportunity. I think, you know, you look at outside of Connor Hellebuck, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury has the name recognition, but you know maybe Cam Talbot sneaks in there too. Dubnik snuck in a couple times um, as the goaltender. So, I mean, I think there could mm-hmm. be a couple options there for them to hit. A couple of those. Um, we hit on that. So we can kind of touch on this one a little bit more. This is from uh, Hal, I hope I'm seeing his last name, Beauvais. Um, he's, he says, he would love to hear our thoughts on the many Minnesota Wild fans discussed. <laughs> about Rossi and Beckman starting in Iowa. And then he kind of like builds on it. Is the disgust justified, jackassery, or somewhere in the middle, and why? Uh,
1: I will go somewhere down the middle. I'm sorry. I I, kind of touched on this earlier. But I I say the middle because rightfully so, we're pumped about these prospects that look look freaking amazing, look like the best prospect we've ever had, like I said earlier. But Mm. also, I can see the other side where you want to see these guys get big First line minutes, big power play one minutes, continue to develop chemistry together in Iowa because they're going to be together in Minnesota someday. So, I mean, yeah, we want them up here, but developing them down there for a year maybe, at age 20, 21, isn't going to kill anyone. It's Maybe make the future better.
2: Exactly, and I I, I tweeted this out too. Um, someone tweeted out last night, Cole Perfetti uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, played like seven minutes of ice, like seven minutes of ice mm-hmm. time. And I said this is exactly why, you know, and I listed the four wild prospects your Addison's, Bullies, Beckman's, whatever. It's why playing in the AHL is good. I would much rather have a young, talented, offensive first player, especially like a Beckman, down Mm -hmm. in Iowa playing 18, 19 minutes a night on the first power play with good line mates, getting all the Mm -hmm. ice time, getting the reps, than playing, you know, six to seven minutes of five-on-five, you know, against fourth lines. And maybe you know coming in for thirty to forty seconds on the second power play unit. Like, which one of those is better for development? I, it's obviously the AHL. Um, and yeah. if you dominate down there, all you're doing is you're building your confidence. You're giving them options. Like, to, to me, make them need to call you up. Like, prove that the preseason wasn't just a hot stretch of five games. Like, prove that yeah, you need to be up here. Um, I, I don't see it as a bad thing at all. So, but I, I would agree. Like, it's, is it frustrating to not see these guys? Yeah, because like Justin said. Prospects are exciting. We want the fresh new toy, but I think patience Mm. is key. And if there's anything we've learned about Bill Guerin and Judd Brackett, is these guys know what the hell they're doing. And again, trust the process, people. Trust the process. Yep. Zeke, anything to add, or we kind of hit it all for you? No, you got it. All right, then we'll give you. We'll we'll have you leave this question next. This one from definitely not David, um, at Southside uh, Runder. Runder. I don't know. Um, who will be the biggest surprise and who will be the biggest, di- ugh, biggest disappointment?
0: <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard. I'm trying to think biggest surprise. Um, who, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't, I mean, obviously we saw how, ec- how good he was last year, but, I don't know if this is this necessarily he'd be surprised, but I think he's a guy obviously in that top line. I mean, he could, I think it's conceivable. He builds on his offense and could score like, you know, another 25 goals maybe in the fifties and points. And I think, you know, even off the of last year, I think, you know, just coming off the top of my head, maybe that's not a huge surprise, but I just think even, you know, after this last year, there's still a little bit of, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure exactly what he is. So I think, you know, for me, I think he could, you know, burst out even more and score even more than he, he did last year and it could be a bit surprising. And as for biggest disappointment, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I think, you know, maybe it's in, through part of it is in no fault of his own, but I just, you know, I'm like like you guys have said, I'm concerned with Fiala on his line if he's playing with Rask and Goudreau. And obviously we saw him score last year even with not optimal line mates. So, you know, he will score his own fair share of goals. But just off the top of my head, I just, uh, I think if he plays if he just isn't getting, getting a lot of help with his teammates, I think, you know, he might not have maybe the kind of season that we all expect and know that he can.
2: Justin, any, anything different or any, you know, do you have a, uh, players that fit the, the biggest disappointment or biggest, uh, biggest surprise.
1: I mean, biggest disappointment in my mind, always goes straight to Jordan Greenway. Yeah. I don't know why it just does. I feel like we keep wanting more from him and, and maybe we get it for short stretches and then it kind of fades and comes back and fades and just maybe just disappears for 30 games or something. It's or maybe it's just what we're used to, but I, I just think he's, he's in that position for me as term as, as far as the other way. I'm going to go with Brandon Duheim. I mean, he's going to come in and, He's got maybe some chemistry with Sturm from playing in the USHL together and maybe a little bit in Iowa. Maybe maybe comes in and maybe, like you mentioned earlier, joins Hartman and Flino at some point. Uh, I just think we can see him make a big impact with his uh, opportunity here.
2: For sure. Disappointment, I'd say we're aligned there. Surprise? I'm going to go Matt Zuccarello. Um, I think we'll really start to see the Zuccarello we kind of thought we were getting from the start. He's healthy. The chemistry's there. They have a good center. Um, you know, he might push 50 assists this this season if if everything mm-hmm. goes well. I think with guys like Kaprizov and Ek, who uh, I have a prediction about Ek uh, for the last segment of the show <laughs> that we'll get to uh, in, in a little bit. But I think Matzukrela could surprise us in a really good way and really show off his playmaking ability, kind of with two good players um, mm-hmm. like that. Uh, let's do one more here. Of course, I exited out of the page to pull up <laughs> something else, and I gotta get it back again. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna edit this all out, so those of you listening are just gonna have to suffer through this. Um, okay, we <laughs> almost got to. All right, uh, that one's good. All right, and last one here from retired Marine Corps Staff Sergeant uh, at Sea Hostile seventy five, uh, asking uh okay mind. we already kind of t- touched that one uh asking about a greenway trade uh, and another one asking will greenway be traded so uh, i think we hit on pretty much all the questions so we did a good job of answering a lot of them as we went so let's get to the final part of this uh, uh th- this show uh, i think one of our favorite segments from last year which was uh the bold predictions justin uh <laughs> yours is like the only one i vividly remember because it was just so wrong I mean, we kept hitting on it. It was, the, you know, the wild power play being a top five. And obviously yeah. it just shit the bet out of the gate. Yeah, it did. Um, but um <laughs> let's go with two each. Is that is that good for bold predictions?
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm good um, with that.
2: Justin, we'll give you a chance for redemption if you want to start us off here.
1: Yeah, you already brought up what I was gonna I was gonna say this is it. I was actually talking about this year. I was there gonna go. go with that.
2: I'm going to do it again. Are you doubling down? I'm doing
1: it to myself. I'm doubling down. <laughs> oh, I'm hell yeah. I'm putting down my hand.
2: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to do, do top five power play. I and, love it. and then my second one, I'm going to say we're going to have two 40-goal, 80-point players. <laughs> Who are they? Uh, Fiala and Kaprizov. Okay. Zeke,
2: we'll go to you next, man.
0: Uh, first one, uh, Jared Spurgeon is going to score at least 15 goals and 55 points this year being on the number one power play unit, okay, which okay. according to your prediction, it, it shouldn't with what we saw in the preseason, it should be much better. And if he's on it, I, I mean, he scored the ability to show the ability to score double digit goals before. So
2: that's what I'm going to say. All right. My first one, it's, I'm trying to think like between my two, which one's bolder. I'm going to do that one second. I think I'll save this one. So I'm going to go with this one. It's kind of a, a little bit of a two and one Kirill Kaprizov will become the second point per game player in wild history. So eclipsing the 82 point mark for at least 40 of those will be goals and he'll finish in the top 10 in the league in goal scoring. So it's a kind of like it's three and one, but it's kind of all related to the yeah. same thing. He'll, he'll get to that mark by having over 40 goals being in the top 10 of the league in goals scored over 82 points. Kirk Caprice off. Bold prediction number. Maybe it's not bold, but I think, you know, pretty, pretty you know, for the second time in team history to have a point pre-game player. I think that's a little bold. So. Yeah. All right, Justin, we'll go back to you for your uh bold prediction number two.
1: I think what? I did give both of them. Did you? I yeah, remember it was the 40 goals, 80 points oh, and yeah. then the top five power there you play. Go. Yeah, I you didn't did.
2: realize we were taking No, turns, it's all good. Like, I both. didn't even remember. So you did your two, <laughs> Zeke. Back to you, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um hmm. Let me see for one second here. Let's look at the... the, the hmm.
2: If you need another one, see. to think I'd go with my second one.
0: No. Hmm. So, now you go. You got the second one. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
2: This one's real bold, and it stems back to what I was talking about with Zuccarello a little bit. But Jewel Eriksson-Eck playing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello and getting first play on the power play unit. Nineteen, even nineteen goals last year. Basically, all even strength in fifty-six games. I say he hits the thirty-goal mark this year. Um, so that, that's my bold prediction. It's, it's eriksson Ericssonek as a thirty-goal
1: scorer. I,
2: I think I like it'll it. happen. It's bold, but I think it'll I like happen.
1: It. That'd be good for my fantasy team. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zeke, yeah. and ra-
2: round us out here.
0: Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. this is. Maybe a bit of a stretch, but I'll it's, say that, that's what makes it bold. It's a stretch.
2: I'm gonna say that,
0: uh, Brett, your guy, Nico Sturm, he's gonna score 20 goals this year. Oh, I'd be so happy if I, I, if I could
2: send out the Sturm warning 20 times this 20 year, 20 times, yeah, man, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> I Maybe, mean, hey, if he if he even gets a few games on that third line with Fiala with how much he
2: scored last year, I think that's, that's what I'm that's... saying. Carter or Haggy 2.0, I'm I, yep. I will die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that basically covers everything we had in our That's rundown. A uh oh, there's one where there's I think there's one that talked about you know kinets for regression, breakouts. I think that w- that could be you know most yeah, disappointing and everything. So yeah. that basically covered a whole list. So last segment as always, final thoughts as we head into the season opener. Tomorrow night, which could be today, by the time you're listening, it probably will be for most of you because you're not mm. psychopaths. Listen to this at midnight when it'll drop. <laughs> um, <laughs> so any final thoughts before we head into the uh, our first 82-game season as well?
1: Enjoy the season, your first 82-game season in three seasons. This is what we've been waiting for, oh. for since COVID mm. freaking hit. And here we go. Yeah, no, I, I
0: I totally agree. It's going to be a blast. I mean, like you said, Brett, I know you said you're going to be at the home opener. I am too. They let us exchange our preseason tickets for that first game. So it's it's just yeah, going to be a blast. Job. It's going to be a, a blast just to be, you know, we've been watching the games last night, seeing just people and hearing, just sharing that non-fake noise, that genuine reaction to it. I think it's just going to be, you know, even just watching on TV is just going to make it so much more fun. And especially like, you know, mentioned at the top of the show, Brett, with guys like Kaprizov, most fans haven't seen him play yet. And no. just to imagine how loud the place could be when he does anything or just just with just to be back in in the rank with the full building is just, just I think it's going to be such a blast. And uh, and yeah, I think I think just the team is last year is really fun. I think it's going to be the same year and uh, it's uh, it's it's great to be back. You're doing the
1: show too. Uh, we got uh, lots of great things coming for y'all. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say, you guys are going to have to bring a cardboard cutout of me or something <laughs> to the game. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll a
2: game with Justin somewhere. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I I have like chills already thinking about just how loud that building's going to be. Back with 18,000 people, I mean, like I said, even at preseason, I think there, there couldn't have been probably five, five, seven thousand that were there. Yeah. Was maybe half full, maybe less, a third. But I mean, if Kaprizov scores opening night, Oh man, that oh, I just I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, my final thought, and it's a little tease. We've teased it a little bit, um, on Twitter as well. Um, I'm not gonna give away who it is yet, but you know, if if you're attentive, you'll know who it is. But um, we will be unveiling a new segment toward the end of the month. Um, weekly white caps. I know that you know we are. Uh, we've had a big focus. I think that's that's hopefully been made. Um, clear in, in this off season that we want to put a bigger focus on on growing the game of hockey and making it exciting for everyone and we want to put a spotlight on women's hockey and I regrettably don't get to, to watch the white caps as much as I'd like but we're gonna bring in someone very close to the white caps organization and now also the Minnesota wild organization and she um, will give us weekly insights into the white into the white caps I and mean, we'll be doing kind of a feature episode on her much like we did with expanding the wild just having her talk about her journey to where she is now and, and talking about the Whitecaps and previewing them. And that'll be coming toward the end of the month at some point um, before the Whitecaps kick off their season. So look forward to that. I know we're all really pumped about it. Um, she will basically become kind of a, a a fourth host, if you will, that'll kind of poke on every week for about five to 10 minutes, um, probably after the prospect update and the uh, and the analytics um, spotlight. So we're really pumped for that. So stay tuned. We're trying to make this show better for you. Um, I'm, we're, we're also hoping, as, as I mentioned on Twitter, we pulled out um, – we, we pulled you guys. We're probably going to be looking at launching some merch here soon. So I'll be working on maybe that next week and hopefully getting some out there, pricing all that out for you guys so you can support the show in that way. Um, it was awesome to get the feedback that some of you guys, you know, buy stuff. And mm-hmm. so, th- so this, thank you for, uh, for joining us. You know, we've been doing this for over a year. We're really excited to jump into our first 82 game season with y'all, um, and do, and do weekly shows to the best of our ability as we all kind of yeah. hit, hit mm-hmm. the strides of, of the prime of our lives. So, um, That'll do it for this week, though. So let's just do our, our final sign-offs here. Zeke, where can everybody find you and your work?
0: Well, you know, as usual, you can find uh, me on Twitter at uh, zbwildnation_hw for all the, the the nonsense to tweet there, and then also you can uh, you can find my written work at
1: HockeyWildness.com. Justin, you can find me at de2004. You can find me at caprisubc with the Sub countdown. You can find me at mnw prospects with wild prospects and young players we're full swing there we're doing our prospect weekly report and player of the week and everything else that's getting updated so make make sure to follow that page as well as our page here
2: absolutely and as always you can find me on twitter at b underscore marsh 92 be sure you're following the podcast account as well both on twitter and instagram at sound the foghorn all one word the wild drop the puck either today or tomorrow whenever you're listening to this show (laughs) We're excited. Enjoy it. 82 game season kicks off. Finally, the wait will be over. Too bad it's at freaking 9 o'clock because we're on the West Coast. But <laughs> hey, it's not a wild game less on the West Coast, right? But uh, that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you for tuning in. And until next week, this has been another episode of Sound the Fox.